We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning. What is up, Mets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, on this Christmas Day, we saw the Nets beat the Lakers 122-115. How are we feeling, Mr. Manuel? What's the vibe? What's the vibe? Mr. Vibe is good. (laughs) The vibe is in. The vibes are sensational, Nicholas. Absolutely sensational. Merry Christmas to all Buzz fans. Happy 500 to you, my friend. Yeah, happy 500. Obviously, couldn't have done it without you. And also all the listeners. And Merry Christmas to everyone and happy holidays. But Jack, before we get started, as always, they can find the buzz on all stream platforms. I know where you want to start with this one. Patty Mills was cooking tonight. 34 points, 11 of 17 from the field, 8 of 13 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line, 7 assists, 2 rebounds, and nonstop energy for 36 minutes. Look, I know this is the, the birthday of the Lord and Messiah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> But, man, my Lord and Messiah, Mr. Patrick Samuel Mills, had uh, had a big one. Let's put it that way. This was not only his best scoring game. I think it's his first 25-5-5 game since 2014. So seven years since that happened. And it was also his best passing game. Yeah. I said, I've said that a couple of episodes ago when, obviously, in the absence of Harden and some of the other guys, his facilitation was forced to up-level. But guys were making some good cuts off of him. Bruce Brown, John J. Bembro, James Johnson, you know, Nicholas Claxton. He's got a nice chemistry with Nicholas yeah. Claxton. Um, there's just a good understanding, inherent understanding between them those two truly incredible from patty mills this is you know as, as kevin durant said about you know uh, damian lillard i think it was last year like this is a spiritual experience getting to watch patty mills in this iteration is is something special i know jackson frank who's a really nice and credential writer for a lot of nba 
at different platforms. He's like, there needs to be a specific award just created to recognize just the unique greatness and unique awesomeness of what Patty Mills brings. And we saw, we heard Steve Nash, I think he had like 13 in the first quarter or something like that. And we heard Steve Nash get asked oh, in the interview after the first quarter. And normally there's nothing given away. It's all a bit of BS. But a lot of, all the stuff that he did say was like spirit, energy, enthusiasm, joy, energy, all of those things, all of those adjectives to describe Patty Mills. You know, you could get a goddamn dictionary, a Patty Mills dictionary, a Patty Mills thesaurus that have a list of all of those. And I don't, uh, he didn't use juice, though, which was, uh, <laughs> I think he was saving that for you, Nick, and maybe he'll send that for Patty himself. But <laughs> the juice was incredible. It was like a two-liter passion fruit smoothie. It was sweet. It was succulent. It was incredible. And and funnily enough, when the Nets needed a bucket, as great as James Harden was in that probably the first two and a half quarters, three quarters, it was Patty Mills again and again and again. When he was subbed off to the bench, the Lakers go on more like a 15-0, 17-0 run. Patty Mills comes back in. I don't know why Javon Carter was out there instead of Patty Mills when Steve Nash probably could have, you know, really sealed things, got it to a 30-point margin, you know, emptied the benches for both teams, but takes out Patty. I understand, you know, probably the conditioning is a thing that he is worried about, but, you know, an extra one or two minutes probably wouldn't have hurt. I'm just sub- subbing someone not named Javon Carter. Yeah, that's probably a good point. You know, you've got Bruce Brown, you've got DeAndre Bembry, you've got James Johnson. You know, there's a couple of bench guys that were, were pretty solid tonight and, and role players for that matter too. So, but in saying that, this night belongs to Paddy Mills. And, and it was really good from James Harden in saying that as well. But uh, this is a night as a Paddy Mills fan wearing my Paddy Mills shirt. I'm not going to forget this game. And not just because it's Christmas, Nick. And not just because it's our 500th episode. It's all of those factors coming together. And then my idol to step foot on a basketball court and has done so many tremendous things off it, has this sort of a, a performance. It's like he knew it was our 500, Nick. It like, he knows the occasion that it is for the Brooklyn Buzz, as well as Christmas. Happy Christmas. It's Boxing Day for, for us Aussies down here as well, but happy Christmas wherever you are across the world and holidays from Paddy Mills and to you and me. Yeah, I mean, it's just like a late Christmas gift for you, Jack. I mean, he was just waiting. You know, it's in the U.S. It's still just Christmas today, so he's setting you up. But like you said, I thought the playmaking in this game was really good from Patty Mills. The self-creation and then also setting up others. You mentioned the seven assists, the nice chemistry with Clax. And he was able to take advantage of some of the Lakers being a little bit over-aggressive with him coming off screens. And then when the Lakers committed to shutting him down, you saw James Johnson get a couple free buckets. You know, that old Draymond Green fake handoff, easy layup type of thing, especially when you're against Russell. So Westbrook, that's a little bit easy. But Patty, like you come on here a lot and you say, you know, Patty Mills was the best player tonight. You know, even when KD's playing sometimes and I let it go. <laughs> but tonight, Patty Mills was actually the best player in the Nets. Like this is a game where he really was huge. And like you said, those timely buckets in the fourth quarter were important. Without Patty Mills, the Nets easily lose this game. He was remarkable, and we, we speak about timely Patty Mills threes time and time and time and time again, and they just keep happening. Cometh the moment, cometh the man, as they say, Nick, and yep. the clutches. I want to ask you as a probably more objective Patty Mills fan than yours truly, what is something that has surprised you this season and in this recent run of games where the increased responsibility has been handed to him due to the absences of so many of his teammates? What has surprised you about the way that he's been playing? Honestly, I think like with the bigger workload at his age and the bigger just like... It's 34. Yeah, the minutes that he's playing, I think the constant energy is just incredible, especially in a game like tonight where at points of the game, the offense is truly running through him, and then it's the fourth quarter and he looks fine. 
And I also just like, I think defensively, he's probably a little bit better than I thought he was. I knew that he was kind of a pest and he was annoying, but I think he's a little bit smarter in terms of like where he needs to be and understanding his size and making some of those plays. I also just love the transition, the layup he had against LeBron and transition on like three Lakers. Not, I don't know many other guards that are able to do that and feel confident not getting that shit swatted to row three by Braun. Like, that's just something that you don't really see, especially a six foot guard. Like, we're not talking about, you know, he's like five a, ten. He's five yeah. ten. Yeah. Well, I was trying to be nice. It's Christmas, Jack. But, <laughs> uh, but for real, like, I'm trying to think of many guards that finish in that situation. There probably isn't many at all, like Kyrie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. My Christmas came in August when we signed, you know, my idol, my my Australian national idol to the team. So it's a, a second Christmas present to see him play the way that he has been, especially on Christmas night. And that layup that you mentioned, Nick, was uh, I'll give a bit of credit to DeAndre Bembry for that, you know, savvy tap because a lot of the times in the jump balls, you always have it backwards, maintain possession, slow things down. But he's like. Patty is an incredible transition player, and those sort of things give you energy and also deflate the other team at the same time. And I think the awareness, like you mentioned there from Patty Mills, to be like, he he looked behind and was like, okay, I've got LeBron on my tail. How do I finish here so I don't end up on a highlight reel where it's a chase down bro from LeBron James, the COVID conspiracy theorist <laughs> LeBron James? So in, in saying that, uh, I just think that I... I I'm even astounded by this, Nick. And I've been following him ever since he entered the NBA in Portland and what he's done on and off the court, whether it's as an Australian um, citizen or it's as a a member of the national Australian team in Tokyo and and so many other Olympics uh, as well. There's just so many things and it's... It, it warms my heart in a big way to see him do this on the national agenda, on the national stage. So now you hear guys like Jeff Van Gundy, my brain, Mark Jackson. You know, Mark Jackson was comparing him to Stephen Curry in that play yeah. where he dropped off the pass to, to Nicholas Claxton. One thing I will say about Paddy Mills as well, his low center of gravity allows him to maintain a really tight handle. In the game against Orlando, we spoke about it. He was tired. You know, he was supposed to be rested that game. Yeah. He gets a week off. He doesn't have COVID. He's not coming back from anything like Clack's coming back from an injury or Bruce Brown and John Jovembry, sorry, and, and all these other guys coming back from health and safety protocols. Paddy Mills is in condition. Paddy Mills is looking spry and fit. You know, he's playing 36 minutes like you alluded to, and he's just, how do you stop him? It's just like, you, you say the same thing about Stephen Curry when it's his three ball. It's just like, that, that, this shit is deflating as hell. But it is truly remarkable, especially when on the other side, you've got Russell Westbrook who's earning $38 million, Paddy Mills earning $6 million, and Paddy Mills is outplaying him to the point where, you know, there's a reason why they nicknamed him Russell Westbrook, and he's flexing on Nicholas Claxton getting an offensive rebound. Get that shit out of here, man. Pack it up, as KD would say on his timeline. Yeah, and I think for Paddy, too, I think in situations where the Nets get more spacing, there's more great offensive players on the floor, you're going to see situations where you see probably more of that play making some of the different things you can do in terms of scoring. Like you mentioned, the drop-off passes, the low center of gravity. Like now, constantly when you're playing, and especially a game like tonight, Patty might be the only floor spacer on the floor. Like when he goes and plays in a lineup with KD and Joe Harris and even potentially Kyrie Irving, now you're just kind of talking about like a next level room for spacing. So it's going to be really fun to see him when he's able to be even even more unlocked in a more efficient situation. He He's still putting up great numbers. Yeah, it's weird to say that he's played better with the extra responsibility. For a guy his entire career has been a quote-unquote role player, a six-man. Now he's starting and playing like the second-best player out there. He was the second-best player 
you know, he was the best player for the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. You know, in on a court where there's Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, James Harden, and a guy, a five foot ten guy from the Tiwi Islands, is balling like he is right now. This is I, I, I'm truly enamored. It, it warms my heart more than you know a hot cocoa on a cold day. <laughs> Um, in the, the on the east coast, like I'm sure you're probably going to indulge in tonight, Nick. Maybe chucking a little bit of Bailey's there for me as well, my guy. But Paddy Mills is is truly incredible. And this this shirt that I'm wearing right now, I know a lot of people might have seen. I've thrown on the timeline every now and then. It's probably stinking a little bit, but we might have to wear it to bed, and wear it on the flight. A little and, bit and of sweat in this game. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, remarkable. Truly remarkable from, from Mr. Mills. Yeah, and it's funny to think about, and obviously this is a Nets podcast, so we're not going to dive deep on this, but if the, the Lakers had signed Patty Mills, it would have probably drastically changed their season. Obviously, gives them a huge need of another floor spacer, but also just the mentality and the leadership and the energy that he provides the team. I think like the Lakers, that that's like talking about like a season-changing move. And obviously, he ended up with the Nets, and I thought that was big. And it was also kind of like, hey, this is what you're missing, kind of sign with Brooklyn. So good for, good to see that and good to see him kind of show out. But we will have to move on, Jack, to another Nets player, sadly, I know. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But uh, going to going to Nick Claxton, we got nine points, four of nine from the field, one of two from the three throw line, six rebounds, three assists, career high, five blocks. And he had a poster over LeBron James in clutch time tonight. Huge Nick Claxton game. Really, really happy with the way that he's playing lately. Clax City alive and well, Nick. Uh, I think a lot of the population, you know, getting him to, to see it on Christmas Day and dunking over the king himself as Nets Republic, and I'm assuming it was probably DJ that put that out there, is this your king? As the, the great Michael B. Jordan uh, in Black Panther once said. But we also saw Chris Mulholland put out the play alongside a quote from Steve Nash. He said it was a set play. I think James saw LeBron rotating early and knew he had to throw it higher. So he threw it in a place LeBron couldn't get it. Nick got it, and it was a tremendous finish and an incredible pass. You, I'm watching it as we speak right now, Nick, and I just the 
it's awesome to see James Harden with a, a guy like Nicholas Claxton yep. because we've seen him with Clint Capella, we've seen him with so many other guys, Dwight Howard in the past as well, and you can just see that James, Nicholas and funnily enough, at earlier points in the game, James Harden was like like ripping out Nicholas Claxton for not being in the right space defensively in rotations, and I think that both of these guys hold each other accountable. You know, we, we've heard Clax say in the past, you know, I'm keeping guys accountable in the defensive end and that sort of thing. So uh, the most important play of the night, maybe other than the Paddy Mills three that he hit a couple of times, but that was a kind of, a come up of age sort of play that you saw from Nicholas Clax and Nick. And he is growing into something very special and he's continuing to improve. The confidence is continuing to get there. And <laughs> I like his reaction. It was a little bit low key. If you had have seen, you know, if that was Russell Westbrook or whatever, who, was doing a, a more hype, like I said, playoff and offensive rebound. You know, Clax is just like, ooh, okay. And then, you know, Carmel Anthony trying to shove him and whatever. We're sort of getting looking. good at drawing text. And he is. Like, there's something about him that uh, opposing guys don't like. It's just this tall, lanky dude that switches onto them. He's like, why can't I get past you? They they piss him off. And I love yeah. it. I love that about him. And he's, 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 He's growing into something special, and he's continuing to improve game after game after game, career high in blocks. The defensive prowess that he has shown tonight especially, you know, it was recovery blocks, it was isolation blocks, it was making everyone look silly. He is a hell of a player. And 32 minutes for him tonight as well, so it's good to see him play those elevated level of minutes and still remain impactful and still show the level of conditioning, engagement, and impact. Uh, I think that's a really positive sign for not just him, but the Nets overall, because when he wasn't out there, the Nets looked much worse defensively because LeBron James was able to cut relentlessly and, you know, Clax wasn't able to rotate or, or provide just that level of engagement uh, and just defensive skill and expert level that he does provide. So uh, this was an incredible game from Nicholas Claxton. Yeah, you mentioned like a coming-of-age uh, play. I think it's almost like a coming-of-age game for him. I think you could instantly kind of feel his confidence early in this game. And, you know, this is the Clax that I talked about in the offseason in terms of like the potential of who he could be. Like this is, you know, a defensive team player. Like this is a guy all defense. Like this is a guy that could get to that point. His impact on the court was huge tonight. Like you mentioned it, Jack. You have, you know, the help defense blocking from behind on different shots, but also was providing real rim protection in this game at different points. And then he locked up about everybody on the Lakers at different points in this game. Like he's a really, really good defender. And I think he's starting to understand his impact a little bit more and where he can even be more impactful. in just some of those small plays, like the play where he came over to help on Carmelo Anthony and swatted it from behind out of bounds. Like there are plays that he doesn't always make. And you mentioned the engagement. That's like a different level for him. And if he can stay engaged and play, you know, 32 minutes, like it's literally game changing for the next season. It's game changing for the next season, like you mentioned, Nick. There's, you know, obviously right now the Nets don't have three of their four best players in Joe Harris, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. But to produce the level of play that they still are, and it's, it provides opportunities because you know that once those guys come back, you know, Patty Mills is only going to become more efficient and better. He's having one of his best three point shooting seasons. Discuss that with Matt in a sustainable yep. stats pod that and that you guys want to listen to. That's some evergreen content for you over the holiday season. And obviously, Clax, he's. He's one of the most unique big men in the league on the defensive yep. side of the ball. Offensively, he's pretty prototypical. Uh, his athleticism, obviously, is tremendous. He's a bit limited in terms of his finishing. You know, He wasn't able to finish any of those baby hooks or whatever tonight, but I'm glad he was still he taking He did have them. a nice driving layup early in the game. 
He did. He did. That was really positive for him as well. So the confidence is still there, and he's taking those shots because he should be taking them. You know, make the defense honor you. But as a as a big man, as a seven foot defender that guards like a, a six foot eight guy, he is. Uh, it's so unique that it's Anthony Davis. Like it's, and obviously Anthony Davis, I, I don't think has had the defensive season that he's had so far, given his absences and such. But he is so goddamn switchable. And I think that it's sort of like when we speak about Kevin Durant and his shot making, it's just like it becomes boring to speak about it all the time. But I don't get bored speaking about Kevin Durant's shot making. And I don't get bored speaking about Clack City's defense either. Yeah, I think also on the national stage, you start to see it showcase like, oh, wow, like this guy's actually a really good defender. Like he's able to showcase some different things. And I think with Clax too, is like a similar to Patty Mills, when more players are back, you're just going to have more spacing and more room for him to operate. And now there's not going to be two guys at the rim when they're trying to run an oop or somebody putting that pressure on his backside so he can't get up for it. So, again, Clax, you know, continuing to really develop defensively and things should only get easier for him offensively because his role is so limited on that. end. It's it's tough when you're playing, you know, four non-spacers and trying to run a pick and roll. Nick, then it's funny right now. The the poster I think is on the Brooklyn Nets timeline. Man, it's gorgeous. Clax's elevation, and it's the king himself. You know, that's a that's a shot that LeBron's going to have to take as well if he hasn't got his booster yet, because he's going <laughs> to have to take that one and, and earn it and and suck it and hopefully watch it a few times. On you know, he's been on the other end of a lot of those things. You know, yeah. one of his most inf- most famous plays in his career, in his long, illustrious career. But uh, he's bound to get one on the other end. And that's because he's having to play, you know, small ball five in the absence. You know, you're not going to play DeAndre Jordan, you know, the former <laughs> Nets great in, in that respect either. But it's extra special, these performances, Nick, because they come against, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers. We've had so many great podcasts speaking, you know, Spencer Dimley do some awesome things. And we've been on the other end of some of those losses with, you know, Jared Allen having some great moments as well. Yep. But this game might be one of the most memorable. And the fact that it's our 500th, you know, it just adds to the occasion. But this was a special, special game from so many individuals. And you had the moments, you had the back and forth, you had a little bit of chippiness of physicality and big guys stepping up in big plays. And we haven't even spoken about the beard himself yet. Yeah, I mean, this, like you said, Jack, this game was full of emotions because at one point it looked like, oh, the Nets are going to take care of the Lakers. Lakers make a good run. Then all of a sudden, the third quarter, Nets, you know, take that 20 point lead. Lakers go on that crazy run in the fourth quarter. Then Patty Mills comes in and saves the day, and we have that big Claxon play at the end. It's just, it was a lot of emotions, but it's always good to beat the Lakers. Obviously, you know, a lot of people were hoping to see LeBron versus KD, but we still got a really good game here. And the Nets, for a team that hasn't played in a week, they played really well. You know, I was a little nervous for them being extremely rusty, especially from a conditioning perspective as well. But this is a team that shot, you know, 48% from the field and 43% from three. Credit them for being locked in, specifically Patty Mills. Yeah, and I think in that first quarter, a lot of it was James Harden too, Nick. You know, I thought that yep. the way that he set the tone, you know, in that first quarter, I had the stats written down. Patty Mills had 13 points. James Harden had 11 points, three rebounds, three assists, and a block. You know, he was setting the tone early. He saw my tweet, Nick. You know, you got one of those pretty girls posting like, what do men want? What do men actually really want? And I'm like, what men actually want is James Harden to put up a 40-point triple-double. And James Harden must be following, you know, whatever's trending because for some reason that tweet got like a two. It's still growing as well. People are calling me a psychic and seeing the future. I'm LeVar Ball speaking into existence. 
36-point triple-double isn't too bad, I guess, Nick, including three blocks as well. Did have the five fouls, and I saw some of his defensive, you know, hesitancy at certain times. And that fourth quarter, we wanted him to be a bit more aggressive. But overall, you can't ask much more for a guy that's missed a week of basketball. His conditioning has obviously been an issue all season. But he was super. He was great. 13 of 17 from the free throw line as well. You know, that's And I think that all of those were legitimate. And he could have had four to eight more in a lot of yeah, stretches. especially but, when Melo smacked yeah. the shit out of his arms and they said jump ball. And like Stanley Johnson and Malik Monk, all of these sort of thousands, just like, really? Like LeBron James elbows Nicholas Claxton to kingdom come. <laughs> and we, we get nothing on that one. But no, nah, it's, it's King James. You know, he, he doesn't even need to have a COVID freaking shot for us to love him like the, the way that we do. Uh, who gives a shit about the King James? <laughs> Is this your king? No, but in, our, our King James was much better. I, I thought that the, the leadership that he displayed, because he was impactful and aggressive from the get-go. He was yep. getting his own. He was making the right passes. He was getting to the line. He was hitting that floater, which is a shot that I yep. love to see because I think that opens up so much of his other game as well. He was hitting some threes here and there. You know, 36 points, as I mentioned. 10 assists, 10 boards, including two offensive boards. Had a steal as well to go three blocks. Then have 17 from the free throw line. Three of, eight from, three of eight from three and 10 of 25 from the field. This was a great game from James Harden. And yes, if we are going to nitpick that fourth quarter, left a little bit to be desired. But, you know, we've got Paddy Mills hanging next to him as well. So I think that he... To do this coming off of a, a one-week absence and, you know, we don't know what he was going through. I think he was likely to be asymptomatic and feeling okay. But, you know, he maybe this rest was a, a blessing in disguise for James Harden. Who knows? But the way that he played tonight, you could certainly make the argument for it. Yeah, I think a big thing with Harden, obviously, is Ben conditioning and rest and the way he feels. Because even you mentioned, you know, he was better in the first half of this game and even in the third quarter. And it's just like the fourth, he starts to run out of energy. Some credit to the Lakers because I thought they did a better job of pretty much saying like, hey, we're going to force somebody else to beat us. That's not James Harden. You know, we're going to double off these pick and roll situations. We're going to kind of load that side of the floor, whatever Harden's on. But again, like, I think he also ran out a little bit of gas. But the play that really pops in my mind where it's like, damn, Harden's looking spry. He crossed the shit out of Wayne Ellington and then drove in the lane and hit that floater. And I think the thing with the floater is it, it puts the defenders in a stressful position because now is he throwing the oop or is he throwing the floater? And the way you throw both of those up, they look almost exactly the same. And that we've seen that in the past lead to a lot of easy buckets for James Harden or Nick Claxton or whatever bigs on the floor. So credit to James. And like you said, getting to the free throw line, I thought he did a good job of like looking to score and then getting the calls. And obviously the Lakers aren't a great defensive team, so take advantage when you can. And the rim protection really wasn't anything special for them either. So Harden did the right things. And in a game where it's not like it was set up for him to have success, you know, we harped on this a lot, but we're talking about playing a lot of non-spacers, you know, Bruce Brown, DeAndre Bembry, Blake Griffin, James Johnson, Javon Carter, Paul Millsap, you know, Lansing Galloway is supposed to be a three-point shooter, but he was a little bit hesitant in this game. The only guy that's really giving Harden any relief is Patty Mills. And then you're getting some vertical spacing from Nick Claxton. So I think people need to appreciate this performance a little bit more from that perspective. Like <laughs> he wasn't set up to win in this one. No, and I think that one thing he did do was make the right plays. And yeah. I think that Bruce Brown did a really... And I think because of the nature of the Lakers setup in terms of their rotation right now, 
Bruce Brown has more space to hit that floater because when it's contested, it's less likely to go in. He's a bit more hesitant to take it, and it's more likely to be short or long. But he had all the space and all the time in the world, and, Bruce, and James Harden's like, all right, I'll give you this pocket pass, my guy. I'll rotate and give you that ball down low if you're hanging out in the dunker spot. Don't you remember? You're going to make a cut. I'm going to give it to you, my guy. And I think that that's one thing that James Harden did so well tonight, and we say about him, in so many different occasions, when he's playing his best, the teammates around him are elevated to a much higher extent. You know, Bruce Brown had one of his best games of the season. A large, uh, obviously, I think his defense uh, was really, really positive, despite the fact he only had one steal. I think a lot of that offensively was because of James Harden. Uh, yeah. You know, he, they have such a good synergy, such a good chemistry in the pick and roll. You know, screening, ghost screening, all that sort of stuff. And Jojo Bembry is such a wonderful cutter um, and hit his three ball well tonight. And a lot of that is because James Harden was driving, kicking out, driving, you know, pick and roll sort of stuff. He was a bit more purposeful, a bit more aggressive. Um, and this is the sort of mentality. You know, if, if James Harden doesn't, if he happens to go 8 of 25 tonight, but, but he, he still played with the same requisite mindset, I still call it a good game as well, Nick. Yeah, I mean, he spent a lot of time in the paint and just kind of penetrating the defense. And like you said, setting up others and putting them in a position where they could have a makeable shot. And obviously you needed to break down this defense because they didn't have to be honest to so many different guys on the floor. So, you know, it's nice to see him rolling like this. And his life, too, is only going to be easier with Kyrie and Katie coming back. And he's not going to have to run the offense so much by himself. So I'm excited to see what Harden can do. And like you mentioned, that extra week of rest is good. And the defense, obviously, with the fouls was pretty bad. Not to say James Harden's defense is ever really great, but it was it's tough in that situation for Steve Nash because you need him on the floor, but it's almost like, you know, minusing a defender. Uh, I hate to bring uh, Mr. Skip Bayless, Kevin Durant's worst enemy, to the podcast, Nick, but this is via the man himself, the man who's never going to lose when he's wearing a pair of Air Jordans. Give me Patty Mills over Russell Westbrook any night. Patty is a clutch shooter with winners intangibles. Westbrook is a pathetic shooter and turnover machine, more interested in stats than wins. The Nets held off the Lakers because they had Patty, and the Lakers had West Brick. Look, I'm not saying that you know my burner account is, is Skip Bayless, but I'm not, I'm not not saying that either. Let's just put it out there. Yeah, I mean, Westbrook was pretty rough in this game. I also credit to the Nets. I thought they did a good job of, like, knowing which three-point shooters you actually need to commit to. And the Lakers don't have many of them, and they did a pretty good job with that. There's a lot of guys that you should give them space, and I think that allowed the Nets to play some good defense, even with the limited rotation they had. No, definitely. I think that the, the that was so smart and engaged, and the chemistry was there despite the absences of so many of the guys. You know, this starting five, which is something I don't think we've seen this season. Yeah. You know, James Harden, Paddy Mills, DeAndre Bembry, Bruce Brand, Nicholas Claxton... You know, John Joe Bembry, 6'5", 6'6", Bruce Brown, 6'4", James, or 6'3", James Harden, 6'6", Paddy Mills is 5'10", and Nicholas Claxton as his center. You know, it's basically guards and clacks. Yeah. And obviously, you know, James Johnson, I thought, contributed pretty admirably in his 25 minutes coming off the bench. But I just thought that the way that they played was just like, okay, let's just get some stuff going. Let's play off James. Let's let him lead us. Let's let, get Paddy going and all those sort of things. And the way that they, you know, adjusted to the way the Lakers were playing offensively and what they were doing to them defensively, I thought was pretty positive. Yeah, I thought it was, a, you know, a pretty good game plan. They seemed prepared. They seemed locked in and engaged. And like we said, for a team that hasn't played in a week, they look pretty damn good. So credit to them. I guess moving on, talking about Bruce Brown, I thought this was a good performance from him. 16 points, 6 to 9 from the field, 0-1 from 3, 4-4 from the free throw line, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 1 steal. 
he hit his first floater in the game and it felt like it gave him that extra level of confidence to start hitting those floaters. And then he also had a nice couple drives in this game. That's something that sometimes he's a little hesitant to do. He'll pull up for the floater instead of trying to meet somebody at the rim. Tonight he took advantage of like his quickness and being in the right spots and was aggressive getting there. Yeah, at 112-106, you know, Patty Mills was getting hounded like crazy. I mean, kicks it out to Bruce, and Bruce makes a really nice closeout um, and, and hits the layup. And I thought that he did that, you know, quite well tonight. And he got a few free throws. You know, he was talking a little bit of trash to LeBron James against the free throws because apparently LeBron can't foul anyone in the world. I'm going to talk my ish about this COVID <laughs> biatch now, LeBron James, because uh, I'm just I'm, I'm, in, I'm just feeling the vibes tonight, Nick, as uh, Mr. Patty Mills would say. What's the vibe? The vibes be very good, Nicholas. But, yeah, Brent, uh, Bruce was, was great. And I thought his defense, especially on Russell Westbrook, was, yep. was awesome. The physicality that he was showing, you know, the deflections, all these little bits here and there. When he was able to utilize his skills on the guards and not LeBron, because LeBron was basically destroying everyone that wasn't Nicholas Claxton or maybe to a lesser extent James Johnson, you know, when he was getting on DeAndre Bembry or James Harden or whoever else it might be, and he was making cuts. Yeah, and a lot of those times, those cuts were happening where James Johnson or Nicholas Claxton weren't on the floor. It was like a Millsap or a Griffin out yeah. there. And the rotations just were, were a little bit lax. But, yeah, Bruce's offense was was really good tonight. And it was obviously his best offensive game of the season. But I think his defense was, was as good, if not better. Yeah, I think he locked up Westbrook. And like you said, he was good on everybody but LeBron. And LeBron's just too big for him, too strong. You know what I mean? He was just kind of moving him off his spots. But in every other situation, he was good, played with good energy in this one. I mentioned to you before, the I don't think it was today, it was yesterday, but I just expected Bruce to kind of bounce back and play a little bit better, especially with some of those rookies potentially coming for his spot, just knowing they can provide similar things on the floor. This was a nice, like, hey, this is what I can do in terms of letting Steve Nash need to know why I need to be in the rotation. Definitely. Moving over, DeAndre Bembry, you know, 15 points, 6 of 8 from the field, 3 of 3 from 3, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 block. Solid game for Bembry. I, you just love the energy he plays with, and it's very good when he knocks down all three of his threes. Definitely. DeAndre Bembry, that, those corner threes, they looked like they were going in. They looked yep. confident. And I think that he's been uh, a pretty solid from – I'll quickly look it up while I've uh, got a little bit of time and I'm able to waffle on. There we go. 41% from three this season. Now, I'll go through his game log when you sort of give a, a little bit of a riff about him as well, Nick. But I thought his defense wasn't as good as his offense tonight. You know, I thought his defense was still solid enough and he was still, you know, uh, active and, and physical. But obviously he got a few ticky-tacky fouls here and there, which – you know, the refs were sort of giving away one way but not the other. You know, he got posted up by uh, LeBron James a bit and, you know, he got some poor positioning on him for a guy that's probably four inches or if not more on him in terms of, you know, the size that he does have. But overall, you know, he's he's still got, you know, really positive things that he does as an offensive player. And the fact that this three ball is happening as well as it is is, is something shocking because he, he's just not a three-point shooter. But the fact that he's taking them and they're not just like sort of really soft splashes. They're going in pretty nicely, and the form looks good. I um, mean, he's continuing to cut, continuing to run the floor. He's a, a really good athlete, which is something that the Nets do have. And I think that that's one thing we saw with Bruce Brown, Nicholas Claxton, uh, and DeAndre Bembry out there. You've got three great athletes. And I think Patty Mills is underrated as an athlete, obviously not as a vertical one. But in, in yeah, just to having really good speed. The Nets were, were quick out there, and James Harden was matching that with them. So I think that when you've got all those guys just running back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, it's like sometimes the Nets were a little bit lax in their transition defense. I think it was only 
a couple of possessions, uh, to be fair. And I think because we have Benbury Brown, Clax, these guys getting back, you know, it, it allows us to be pretty positive in that department. So shout out to DeAndre Benbury continuing to do his thing. Yeah, I agree, Jack. I think obviously three-point shot is something we've talked about. He's not shooting a high volume, but he's occasionally having these games where it feels like he's going two of three, two of two, or it's just like an 0 one So the confidence looked there. The shot doesn't look too bad. And like you mentioned, I think LeBron, again, is a tough matchup for him. He just doesn't really have the size for that. But you like the way he plays the passing lanes, the way he plays with just energy and gets out in transition, both offensively, defensively. Just another solid player. You know, just a guy out there that you can count on and do his job. Definitely. And in terms of, like, the, the three ball for him, Nick, I don't think he's hit one in, in a couple of games. In fact, the yeah. last time that he did hit one was on the 4th of December at Chicago, where he was two or three from there. So it's been one, two, three, four, four games for him. And obviously, he um, went into health and safety protocols. So the fact that he's still taking them, and when he does hit them, he's, he's pretty good from there. So yeah. uh, shout out to DeAndre Bembry. I think this is the second time this season where he has gone three of three. Yeah, he also went three of three against the Orlando Magic uh, back in November. So DeAndre Bembry continuing to show us because... A lot of the time, you'd much rather it to be Joe Harris or you know, Patty Mills, and, and it likely will be when the rotation starts to get a little bit deeper. But if it's Bembry out there as your sort of one quote-unquote liability defensively and he's going to take them, then you've got to, I'm not going to say five-out offense, but four-and-a-half, four-and-a-quarter, 4.25, whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, it just becomes something that, like, you don't feel as bad or it's just kind of the occasional thing. And obviously, he's a nice cutter as well. So it's not like he's limited in terms of, like, he has to stay in that corner. So it'll be interesting to see what he looks like when there's more offensive pop on the floor. And obviously, he's looked better in some of those lineups where he's kind of that fifth option rather than, you know, tonight where it's pretty much James Harden, Patty Mills, and then if the other three guys can give us some offense, that'd be great. But moving on from the starters, Jack, who do you want to talk about next? I think James Johnson was the next best player, Nick. And yep. uh, I think that one thing I, I, you could sort of tell from Steve Nash is trying to realize what the rotation would be and, and where the guy's conditioning would be at. You know, he was speaking about Bruce Brown before the game. Like, look, Bruce is ready to go. And, and Bruce played, you know, 37 minutes. You know, his energy is always going to be high level. And I think a lot of credit goes to, you know, James Harden for playing 39 minutes, Bruce Brown for playing 37 minutes, and John Bembry 27, as well as James Johnson, 25, given his age. I thought that his defense was was great. I thought yeah. that his strength, physicality, I put out a tweet that did a little bit of numbers, and I was just speaking about all the things that he does on the floor and he's continuing to do on the floor. You know, we were sort of, you know, banishing the rotation because we wanted the Kess Express out there. But now I think, you know, James Johnson has earned and solidified his spot in the rotation because you add in the guys that are coming back like I've alluded to. His ball handling, tick. That's going to be something to add to the rotation. His passing, that's something you can add to the rotation. He's finishing for the most part. You know, there's times where it can be a little bit off and whatever, but I thought tonight when it's, you know, just straight line drives or around the basket and he can use his strength and use the sort Against of like... like a non-rim protector, he's very good. It's when yep. there's like true centers in there. Like he had no issues finishing against some of the Lakers, like, you know, bigs or forwards that they were playing tonight. Yeah, this was like an eight-point game that I think was worth a lot more than that. He also had four rebounds, including an offensive one, had three assists, had a steal, had a block. His defense was super important tonight in a lot of defensive stretches where the Nets, you know, struggled to have that sort of size or impact. You know, a lot of it was when James Johnson and Nicholas Claxton were out there. They're getting clamps on, on the Los Angeles Lakers, and I think that he has been proven himself to be a really positive defender for the Brooklyn Nets, whether it's in terms of ISO or, or whatever else it might be, because the Nets, 
don't really have those wing sort of guys. You know, you've got Bembry, you've got Brown, and, and you've got Paddy Mills. You know, those guys are good defenders, but they're also six foot five or below, whereas, you know, James Johnson's around that sort of six, seven mark. So a, a genuine wing. And he's got some real size to him. You know, he's, he's got, got like the girth to deal with LeBron James. Like LeBron's not going to muscle him. Melo's not going to muscle him. He has that type of thing. He might not be as quick as LeBron, but he just does enough to kind of get under his skin and make life a little bit harder for him, especially this version of LeBron. We're not talking about the prime athlete he won was so james johnson like you said jack just does a lot of things he offers versatility on both ends of the floor especially for somebody his size like we talked about before his switch ability isn't bad his health isn't bad like he's just pretty good at a lot of things obviously you know the shooting could be better that's really the only negative mark for him but you're pretty happy with a lot of the other stuff that he does on the floor and i think you see now that Claxton's playing well, James Johnson has become a thing, and now you're getting more of your offensive players back. I think moving forward, we'll see the Nets start to play you know, more small ball and more of the style we saw from last season with some of these other you know, options on the roster. Definitely, and he just gives the Nets a little bit of versatility in that remark. And you know, you can probably go some lineups where you're a little bit smaller in the backcourt and, and maybe have an extra guard out there because James Johnson might be able to play up a position or maybe two. Yeah, he just gives you that extra level of toughness, too. You know, just a guy that, like I said, is willing to kind of bang with anybody. So credit him for really stepping up and being, you know, a pretty solid piece on this team. And like you talked about early in the season, it was kind of unsure. But I think he played that one game against Orlando, and it was like, okay, these are some things he can really do. And some of it's as simple as the ball handling and the dribble handoffs and stuff like that, just kind of making life easier for a Patty Mills or creating an advantage for the offense, especially when you're not a non-shooter. You know, you're getting all that extra space, and now you're able to set such a good screen with the dribble handoff. That's just creating a nice little advantage and putting the defense in a disadvantage. Yeah, he's one of the Nets' better screeners. There's no doubt about that. You he's not scared it. of contact. <laughs> no, he is not. He relishes it and then some. And, you know, Nicholas Claxton's still got a ways to go in that department, but having James Johnson out there, seeing him set the tone on that department uh, is certainly something that he can learn from uh, to continue improving his already really positive game. So, Nick, in terms of the other guys, I don't think that we got a lot of positive moments from Mel South Griffin, especially not Javon Carter, who was minus 20 in 14 minutes. I don't know how That's that was. That's hard possible. to do. I did. Yeah, look, I don't. I'm, I've got the Christmas spirit right now, Nick. I, I don't know whether you want to bring it down. Lakes of Galloway, I think, you know, a, a guy on a 10 day, he hit a, a nice little bucket. Um, I think off a closeout, um, I, I think he was okay. Probably could have gotten an and one off it. But yeah, Javon Carter. Yeah, look, I don't want to bring it we down. We don't have to talk about Javon Carter. He didn't play well. He doesn't really play well. We don't want to talk about negative things in the podcast. I'll say about Lance and Galloway, you can see the offense that he can kind of provide. It's just that his defense isn't very good. And he has he's a little bit foul-prone. What do you have in this game? Four fouls, only playing 14 minutes. Like... Yeah, that's that's not great. So I think for Lanson Galloway, that's just a guy that, you know, that's a, one of the reasons he's on a 10-day. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that, uh, you know, in saying that, you know, James Ennis, Shaq Harrison, Winion Gabriel, we could see one or two of those guys outplay Javon Carter and be like, you know what, I'd prefer to have one of those guys in the rotation. And we shall see, depending on when we get some of our other guys, including Kevin Durant, who might be back by the time the Clippers game uh, is upon us. And, you know, maybe Kyrie's back, you know, around your prediction rather than my prediction, which is a little bit sad to say. Um, but I'll certainly be keeping an eye on the buzz. I'll be listening and, and paying attention to that uh, for sure. But, Nick, were there any sort of other things you wanted to touch on? Any sort of stats that, sp that stuck out to you? I know you said that the Nets shooting 48.3% from the field, also shooting 43.8% from three, went 14 of 32 from there. 
Anything else to get out to you in terms of whether it was any of the optics, any certain plays, or any statistics? I think just like the only concern I'd say with this game is like Blake Griffin and Paul Millsap, and it's not anything against those guys. Somebody could just be conditioning and not having the practice, but at some point there's just certain matchups where they're not good, and it's just like would the Nets benefit from having another true athletic big, like more similar to uh, you know Jared Allen or Nick Claxton's skill set? And I'm not saying that good, just a bench player level player that can block shots and rim roll just another vertical threat on the team. I think that's something Sean Marks really has to consider. And that's, you know, not disrespectful to either guy. I just think maybe Paul Millsap might not be the guy that fits with this roster. And Blake Griffin obviously hasn't lived up to the hype and has had kind of these hot and cold matchups. So we'll see what happens with these two. I think it's just something to kind of keep an eye on moving forward is like what the Nets do with that big man position and how that all kind of works out. And obviously, you know, we're hoping for some good news in terms of the COVID tests in the next 24 to 48 hours in terms of like, Hopefully Kevin Durant's ready to go, LaMarcus Aldridge, whoever it might be. You know, getting getting the full roster out there is going to be really fun when we finally see it. I remember seeing Steve Nash say in relation to both of those guys, Nick, that Kevin Durant is bored out of his mind. So yeah. you, can, you can bet that Katie will be coming back as soon as he physically can. And you, know, you, bet, you better believe that he was watching the, the game tonight. And I think also in relation to LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, really positive news to hear that was nothing really affecting his heart yep. in terms of the symptoms that he did have. But he will go through an extensive ramp up, which we know is probably, the, if we were to ever come out with a book about this Brooklyn Nets team, it's the Brooklyn Nets ramp up because uh, they love to do that and they spoke about that with Kyrie and LaMarcus Orridge so they'll certainly be cautious in the approach in, in, in getting him integrated back into things but when you're Clax playing the way that he is I had a couple of plays Nick in my notes that I wanted to touch on with some of the players that I forgot to mention um, James Johnson blocking that Carmelo Anthony three I yeah. don't think got enough love from the you know, the, the broadcast I think it was a surprise for everyone almost <laughs> I was just like, dude, like he blocked a corner three from Carmelo Anthony, who has been shooting the ball pretty well from that department in terms of his offense this season. I thought that was awesome. And I think he had another block on Carmelo Anthony. So James Johnson coming out of nowhere. And I think it was sort of like, you know, him and Clax were just given those defensive plays uh, time and time again. And I think, I'm not sure if I did mention, but I do want to touch on uh, James Harden again. His handle is always something I look at and I think is... Not always indicative of how he plays, but it was extra tight tonight. And you mentioned that floater you, you, and him crossing up Wayne Ellington. Yes, it's Wayne Ellington, and he should probably, you know, and some of the players are on Darren Collison or whatever. But that's just James Harden going, all right, well, I'm just going to just take you off the dribble and punish you and punish the Lakers overall. I thought his handle looked really, really good tonight. And I think that's a, a really positive sign and something I'm going to keep an eye on moving forward. But, yeah, there was just some... Some little plays that I wanted to, to touch on before we uh, finish this one up. Yeah, I think his handle did look good in this game. I think the only thing that I would say was strange for Harden in this game, some of his step, he airballed two step-back threes, and he hit a couple, which is just really interesting why they're so far off. I think maybe some of that is conditioning or just being a little bit out of rhythm in this one, but still coming out, performing well. It's going to be fun to see them in their next matchup against the Clippers, see how that rolls out, and hopefully, like we said, they get some more bodies back. But, Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks, everybody, for listening and helping us to get to episode 500. I'll be back soon, guys. Nick's going to have plenty of awesome guests. You know, we've got plenty of guys waiting in the wings for while I am incognito for a little bit, but I'll be keeping an eye on Nets basketball. And you better believe I'll be keeping an eye and ease on the Brooklyn Buzz. Thanks to everyone that's been following us along from the beginning. If you listen to one, if you listen to 100, keep it up, guys. We love you. We love the Buzz. We love Nets. Nets world. Let's go, baby.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.